Welcome to the Story Archive Show as we start an epic journey of Last of Us. Oh, I can't wait. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside... Zachary Newton, your other host. Welcome. Guys, Zach, we haven't talked since we saw the premiere last night. No. Uh, we're not the first podcast out there, but we are... We're in the fray as Last of Us diehards uh, from the video game days. What did you think? I was kind of fangirling as I was watching to you. I called you like seven minutes into the episode or texted you. Yeah. And uh, I want to know your initial thoughts as we get into the premiere of Last of Us. I, I, I'm, I'm going to start out with saying I did like it a lot. I loved the video game when it was out. And I think that we, we can't not talk about the video game a little bit as well um throughout the course of this but you know looking at the 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 first episode here seeing the little backstory of well you know how this could have come to be i do like the idea of zombies coming from a fungus more so than just being a virus to be completely honest that threw me for a whirl where my like i was getting nervous (laughs) on my couch because first and foremost with these sorts of shows, especially if I'm, if it's a first watch, um, this is not our first show. We have like other episodic recaps of Peaky Blinders and Lupin. And um, have we done any other shows? Oh, I'm sure we have. I'm, we I'm, I'm, I'm missing something. Oh, White like Lotus. That, yeah. We did the White Lotus finale. Um, but the intro, this doesn't, that's not in the video game. So we're going to talk to two different audiences here on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us, have played the games last of us that came out on the playstation back in i think 2012 2011 somewhere around there uh maybe 2013 but somewhere in that time frame it came out but as you play what we found or at least least my observation was that this first episode was very true to about the first 30 minutes to an hour of the game it gives you the entire background and adds in more details that we didn't know. For example, what I want to get into first, and you can start the episode if we haven't yet, because um, I can't see it on the tab here. So it's up? Yeah, it's up. All right, let's troubleshoot. I'm going to just play it separately on my end, and uh, I'll right. fast forward as needed. Yeah, it, they probably have like an anti-piracy thing where you can't uh, watch it. So let's get into the intro scene which completely sets the tone for the show, where we have this talk show in 1968. You got these two scientists. At first, I thought the guy in the middle was the the one we were supposed to be taking as the expert, but it's actually, I think, the, I think he's Scottish. The Scottish guy chimes in, and he gives you a background of this virus and why it's different, and he ties it in with global warming to such a degree that it's like it makes you want to recycle immediately and just start throwing stuff in like and I don't know in, in a recycling bin because he's like there is no cure for a fungi infection and if <laughs> what if and the other guy chimes in like hey oh now I can see a Zach perfect okay here we're good there let me minimize mine it's kind of distracting uh the kind of Frankenstein looking guy in the middle says yes but fungi infections are not possible in humans uh, the human temperature is too high and he's the other Oppenheimer looking guy goes, yeah. well, what if, say, the earth becomes warm and it cuts to close-ups of him at that moment. So, you're leaning in because it's, they're making you feel like, okay, this is important what he's going to say here. What if the earth were to warm to such a degree that fungi would evolve to survive in a higher temperature and take over the host? And then it starts to cut to all these close-ups of the announcer and to the zombified looking audience and that's the start of the show. We fast forward to 2003, 
which interesting enough, Zach, would put Sarah, Joel's daughter, in the same age range as me. Uh, mm. 2003, probably a couple of years older than me because okay. Joel's 36 at, in 2003. Sarah, you got Avril Lavigne playing. She's in middle school. Dang, she, Joel was 36 in 2003? Yeah, so he, she's, wow. he says it at the, at the breakfast table. I, I missed that. And so 2023, he'd be 56. My parents yeah. were like 57, 58. I, I so, figured he was going to be like 40s, 50s, you know, by the time he was, well, it, we got to the 2023 uh, point in time, but I didn't expect him to be that quite that old. Well, they set us up completely with how it feels in <laughs> in 03. I mean, you got Avril Lavigne playing. Mm-hmm. She's got like her elementary school, P, uh, uh, actually, what is that called? PE day? What is that? Uh, field day where you get yeah. like, where you get all those different colored ribbons for getting like eighth place. It's <laughs> physical fitness. <laughs> Another thing I think that this show does is we're so we're still in, in the middle of COVID happening for a mm-hmm. lot of people who are still like scared of, of COVID to that degree. Uh, it does trigger the memories of a pandemic spreading and then it ramps it up to another degree mm-hmm. of like, damn it, we just went through this with a bacterial <laughs> infection. Could you imagine if the fungi evolved? <laughs> I mean, send Greta Thunberg into a panic attack if she heard about this. <laughs> I want to get your thoughts on the opening scene because it captured my attention like off the, right out of the gate. Uh, you're, we're talking about what the scientists at this yeah, point. Or yeah, that, yeah. I you, mean, you can I, you can pause the episode two for a second here. While I we... still I still really enjoyed you know the beginning of uh, the beginning of the show with, with the scientists talking about you know uh, fungi infections and things like that. Um, it's not something that at least I don't remember from the video game. I, I know you said it wasn't in there, but that was the one part of this episode that really stood out to me. Is like I don't think I ever knew that. And I thought it was really interesting and. and I've never thought about about this yeah. sort of yeah. pandemic in that way, and it just kind of feels a little plausible without doing any research or knowing anything about yeah. fungus. Yeah, feels feels plausible to me. So I, I did enjoy it. It did, it did get me sucked into the story. It feels a little too plausible a little it, for bit, the, yeah. for the first time. For the first time, it kind of makes me appreciative that we're gonna die one day. That yeah. I wouldn't have to deal with the reality that this could be in. Um, I was thinking that I'm like. They couldn't possibly evolve in my lifetime, right? I'd at least be like 99 by the time this thing hits. Yeah. Um, Can you put the show speed to 1.25? Is that possible? Not on here, no. Okay, then we'll go 1.5 still. I was very happy that the show intro took the Spanish guitar sounding acoustic uh, song that's in the game. And I want to say... I wasn't very excited about this adaptation because I felt when they decided to do this, at least my initial response was, what are you saying about video games? Is it not, do you not respect it as a storytelling medium Hmm. to a degree that you do TV and film? Because if you play Last of Us, it feels like you're playing a movie. incredible. Like I I do want to shout out the game itself just because that is the only apocalyptic type game that i've ever really enjoyed because mm-hmm. it doesn't just feel like you're running for your life all the time like it has a really solid story throughout the game and that's one of the reasons why i really appreciated it so yeah it's grounded I, I in reality <laughs> yeah. it's grounded in reality and in a very relatable uh story between joel and ellie really yeah. um but i wasn't 
I wasn't excited for it. The only, the only hope that I had, and I never thought the show was going to be bad, was because HBO was behind it. Mm. Um, and although I haven't watched Chernobyl, I mean, Craig Mazin as a director, I, I, I look up to him. I don't know if he directed this episode or if he's the show creator, what his specific role is. As a, maybe he's a showrunner. Mm. Um, I have to do my own research on him. But he absolutely killed it. And I got to say that the, the pilot took what was already an amazing intro to a video game perhaps the best intro I've ever played in a video game and ramped it up even further by giving us a little bit more background with that, with that talk show in the beginning. And then also giving us a little background <clears throat> on the day prior to the night that leads up to where the shit yeah. hits the fan pretty much, uh, where you have like, you know, like the dog jump scare, for example, like you're waiting yeah. for that dog to hit the glass. Uh, that, that was something in the game that made me like jump out of my chair when it yeah. happened. Uh, but you didn't get uh, in-depth feel for the Adlers or the neighbors and whatnot. Yeah. And so it, it's nice to see the family dynamic. You see uh, Sarah's very much this very dependent, not dependent, self, um, an independent girl at her age, pretty much making breakfast for her father and... Joel's kind of seems like he <laughs> he's kind of losing it. You know, he doesn't he doesn't quite have fatherly instincts. He's fatherly in the sense that he does he could care less it's his birthday. He'd prefer to provide for his family. Yeah. But at the same time he doesn't have like the the motherly natures of did you do your homework and did you, you know, all those sorts of things. He has his yeah. shirt inside out even. She's kind of playing mother here in a way yeah. to him. Yeah, I did really get the sense. I know there, there's a, quite a few times through this episode where I was just like, this reminds me so much of the video game. And even some of the shots. You know, a little oh bit my gosh, yes. It's like, wow, it feels like I'm actually playing the game. It was very interesting. It, it was fun for a different, for, you know, it was fun just to see that the show creators actually respected the video game. That they were mm. that they were choosing the the exact same camera blocking for the most part as the game, yeah. And that's so different from when I watch things like Harry Potter, and they take a book that is incredible, and then they and they have actors who come in and they don't respect the subject matter. They don't expect mm. they don't respect the material. Uh, calling out Dumbledore right now. I'm specifically calling out Dumbledore. The, uh, the Michael Gambon who literally says, "I didn't read the books," you know. And he goes and puts his own take on it. I I am okay with that to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with that because you can do. Man, I was reading something recently. Um, a part of Tarantino's book, Cinema Speculation. If you can pause the show for a second, we're gonna zoom yeah. through some of these scenes. Um, he talks about a, a an adaptation of a book. Uh, that there was a Steve McQueen movie made out of. And they didn't stay identical to the book. It was, I think it's called the, the Getaway or something like that. Okay. And it was okay because they adapted it for the strengths of the actors in the movie. And then the book kind of took a different play in itself. So I'm not mad at the Harry Potter thing, but it was nice for a change to see the show pretty much take a scene that was incredible already and just make it better. They didn't say... Oh, you know, we're going to change it and do it our way. They they respected it, and then they added more layers of depth to it. Mm -hmm. uh, because as as a video game player, you know you're watching Sarah's last day of life. Yeah. 
And it's painful because you know memory by memory, like it's looming large that the fact that she's going to die at the end of this day. So you're pretty much living the last day of a teenage girl's life here. Mm-hmm. And it's and you're seeing Joel before his realities rock too. So you're seeing that all in one day and it's like a, you just know an inevitable crash is coming and you're just watching it all unfold. So um, yeah, that that's my my monologue there for now. <laughs> I like it. You know, there, there there was a couple of things that I wanted to to mention in regards to the show here. Because the other thing I, I think we can't not bring up is The Walking Dead. Right? Yeah, you have to. You and by the yeah. way, all time great pilot too. Yeah, it was it was great. And you know, I, I I would I would probably put them very close to the same level, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I think they were, they were both really solid pilots. Um, you know, going into this, when I well, actually, if I were to take a step back, when I played the game, I always wished there was like could I just watch the story? Yes. Because first of all, the game is so incredibly long, but it is great. I I love it. I always wanted to be able to watch the story. My concern here is that they're going to try and milk this. And I really hope that they don't. I would really want to see like almost like a mini series here where it's maybe one or two seasons that brings us through the story of that first game and then potentially the second game. And if mm-hmm. there is any continuation, I want it to be something completely, you know, uncharted, something that we don't know about that follows her in her later life. I don't want this to just be, okay, we're going to make season after season after season. Yeah. And, like, and like just explore the same thing over and over. It, like I can't watch another 20 seasons of, of walking show. dead. Yeah. yeah it's, well, I think they do something out the gate, and I, I wrote some notes here about the way that they differentiate themselves from any other post-apocalyptic zombie thing. First and foremost, the zombies run. Yeah, okay, they do. Like, and Twitch, and <laughs> they they're far like more terrifying than Walking Dead zombies. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, we do have to pay homage to Walking Dead because there's probably not even a Last of Us video game without Walking Dead success. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might be talking out of my butt there, but I'm almost positive that Last of Us came out after Walking Dead, and I don't know if it was in development at that point uh, prior to Walking Dead success. I still um, think at least the uh, the culture of of those you know who really liked the whole zombie story, or you know, started with the Walking Dead. So the Walking Dead came out in 2010. Yeah, it's been out for quite a while. Um, and then after that, you know, what was it? Three years later, we had the game. So it, it could have very well could have been in development, but you know, that culture for a game like this was already building. Yeah. And I also wanted to make a note about the casting. I was, I was reserved. I, I like Pedro Pascal. I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the actress who plays Sarah, but she's, she killed it. Uh, Tommy, although some of the characters don't look like the characters in the game. I'm okay with that, and I think you open it up to competition and you just get the best actor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pedro Pascal may not look the most like Joel, but damn it, he brought it. Like, he's he's excellent as Joel, and I'm totally okay with somebody who doesn't quite look identical to Joel. Yeah. But that his acting is on par. I mean, I, I had seen Josh Brolin and a couple of other names that were thrown out there who may, who probably could have looked a bit more like Joel traditionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I mean, this is pitch perfect. I mean, from the casting of Joel, Tommy, and Sarah to to Marlene and Tess, uh, Ellie, who I at first I was like, she doesn't really look so, like. So it. that that's what I was gonna say, right? Like, so I think the casting of Joel was great. I mm-hmm. like him. 
Ellie, I'm still having some difficulties oh, no, buying into. Oh, no. I'm complete. I think you got to go back and play the game just to introduce to Ellie. I, I started looking last night. And after yeah. I, like, what I just said was my initial you know, uh-huh. perception of this. After I started looking at, like, okay, this is what her personality was like. Let me, let me, okay, this is what she looked like. I was like, all right, it's not that bad. It's actually she, pretty close. I she, think but I also remember when I, when I was doing that research, I didn't like her to start with. <laughs> She yeah. was kind of annoying yeah, in the game. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. I'm like, maybe all right, maybe it'll play out. She was from uh Game of Thrones, wasn't she? Yes, she was. She plays um I forget what her name is, but she plays like a lady of the north. Um like a royal royalty. Mm. Um she becomes like a lord or something of one of these houses as like a little kid. But she is fantastic. She embodies Ellie's spirit to a T. You can keep playing now. Yeah, it is really, really solid. The acting is great. Oh, yeah. So, we start on September 26th. For the nerds out there, that is Last of Us Day, officially. That's the day of, like, pretty much the infection (laughs) and the world ending. We get to meet the Adlers who are mentioned in the game, but we never see like this, where they're sitting outside, they're taking care of their elderly mother, and uh, little do we know, she's already infected with whatever this cordyceps fungi thing is. (laughs) Which is disturbing as it's like coming out of her mouth later in the episode. That was yeah, gross. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, that was I, gross. It, it made me think. I'm like, wait, was was her what was this husband? I guess here. No, uh, no, her that's her. I'm assuming her son or her son-in-law. I was like, was he shoving that thing in her mouth? In her mouth, or was it just a biscuit? No, I no, it was, it was a, biscuit. a biscuit. It was a biscuit. That's gross. I it's know gross. it's gross, but <laughs> I mean, I gotta ask. <laughs> <laughs> We also get a look at, um, I didn't remember that they were from Austin, Texas. I don't know if that's an add-in or not, um, but we see that Joel is a combat veteran He uh, from Desert Storm. It's pretty funny. In the, I always figured like writing a post-apocalyptic show mm-hmm. the way I'd want to do it, and you see other ones do it as well. It's just a slow buildup. There's signs all around, yeah. but it's little by little ramping up more noticeably. So it starts with the news report in the background as they're eating breakfast and they make a note of Jakarta and they're saying, hey, where's Jakarta? Is that somewhere in the Middle East? And she chimes in. She's like, no, uh, it's the capital of Indonesia or whatever she said. Mm -hmm. And uh, later in school, she notices somebody with her classmate with a twitch. You can see the light reflecting off of somebody's bracelet because the hand's twitching as she's on the desk. Uh, And it just ramps up throughout the day. As she leaves school, she takes the bus to go repair her dad's watch. Which I found nice because for the audience who hasn't played the game, they don't know that she's a good girl yet. So, they might be seeing her peruse to her father's drawer and taking money mm-hmm. and thinking that she's going to use it for something bad. Yeah. Uh, but in fact, she's just a good kid and she's going to actually pay for a, a birthday gift for her dad. Um, the third and fourth signs are the sirens as she's in the, uh, the watch shop coming through, like going through. And the guy makes a comment saying this has been happening all day. Yeah. And and his wife coming out and kicking her out of the store. You know, did you can you, get the did, sense. Did you notice when the sirens were, you know, you could see in the back everything going by. It looked like there was like, what, big SWAT trucks and Humvees and like that. Yes. Yeah. It's like the military. You know, whenever you watch this, you're thinking like, you know, I should be in the military because if the world does go to shit, at least you, you got a job and you're probably on a base somewhere. <laughs> and they have a gun. <laughs> and because you can see how quickly they dispose of c- civilians as like just... Yeah. you know numbers in Crazy a way military state yeah yeah exactly and you see like the extremes of it in this episode later with the qz you know oh yeah uh, that was very rampant in the game yeah yeah it's... some fire trucks a swat truck there yep 
Yeah. By the way, I loved uh, as they were leaving the house, the advice that Joel gives to Sarah as the old man next door is like, hey, um, I think he's like talking about his wife. He says, My, she's been asking about you when you're going to come back over. Because you know how it is as a kid, like hanging out with older people. It's not the funnest thing in the world. Yeah. And um, Joel goes up to her and says, make them happy. <laughs> and you know she and she promises to go over there and bake. I like that. I think that's a it's just a great lesson. It gives you a family dynamic, right? Of yeah. of the kind of values that these these people have. So Sarah goes after school after fixing the watch. She goes over to their house, and we get the first haunting haunting image of the game of not the game the, of the show <laughs> with Nana. Uh, Sarah's doing her homework and she walks over to borrow a DVD that her dad loves. And we get this eerie out of focus shot of Nana in the background kind of twitching and like opening her mouth. And the dog is, of course, it's always the dogs who know something's off yeah, first. Just know. It's like you need a dog in, any, in every apocalypse situation. Got her it. mouth just like opens so wide. It's just so. It's disturbing. So disturbing. It's so disturbing. And she looks like the guy from Saw. The, oh, yeah. She, she, <laughs> yeah. She looks like Jigsaw. It's it's very... Oh, God. <laughs> I don't... You see, I don't know why it would... I mean, I, I know it makes it a little creepier, right? Like, we're still building up to it and all of that stuff. But I don't know why I, I, Nana here would do that. Just when nobody's looking, right? Like I, like I don't think. Oh, it's just for the uh, horror. Would be self-aware, right? Like, no, just it's just, it just the a horror. Time. It's just a horror element, you know. It's yeah. It's setting it up and setting up some sort of um. That dog, man. It's giving you all the signs that something's coming, pretty much, and and even Sarah's becoming more aware as she yeah. walks outside to go back home. By the way, I love this shot. This is probably my one of my favorite shots of the show. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect, looks, looks like four o'clock and it's just. It's golden hour, man. Yeah. And the the jets zooming over her head. It's just a beautiful shot. Yeah. If you ever see jets <clears throat> yeah, yeah, flying yeah. <laughs> out over your head, you should probably just go inside. <laughs> yeah. Go inside or get in your car and just start heading north. <laughs> Anywhere else but where you are. Also, can we talk about that uh, for a second? You don't have to pause the show. Yeah. Um is it just me or maybe it's because we live in Florida, but my first instinct, if anything goes wrong, is just to drive north? Well, I mean, to be completely honest, there's not really anything south. <laughs> You're just going to be in Florida still. They're in so, Texas, though. They could go south. Yeah, they they could go first to Mexico. Instinct. I think it was blocked, though. They couldn't go north. Or, I'm sorry. They couldn't go south, east, or west. They could only kind of maybe sort of go north. That's where they were trying to get to. Um we also have Canada above us versus Mexico. I'd I'd rather you know get to get to Canada. I think. Yeah, yeah, not, I'd agree. And in, in, in a situation like that, yeah, and you know, I I think well, actually here, here's just a general general question for you. So if if the world got warm enough so that you know the the fungus here could survive in people, right? Yeah. If you were to move north, though, you, you want to go to the cold. Yeah. So, yeah. would there not be zombies there? Like, would would that would they just not exist? Or I, the fact that your body is going to regulate roughly what ninety seven degrees, it could still get in you and be in you anyway. So it wouldn't really matter. It well, just can't you, survive outside of you. 
Wouldn't you want to be in the hottest temperatures possible, though? That's true. I don't because know why I because that. because the I'm thinking of the extremes on both ends right here, right? Because if fungus can survive in temperatures under 94 degrees, right? Yeah, then I, I completely got that backwards in my mind. Yeah, I would. In that case, it makes more sense to go farther south to closer to the equator. So that means we stay in Miami and we just. <laughs> I guess so we're living. We're, we're we're in the best place we can. Be. <laughs> we, should, we try to warm up the earth as much as possible. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it could have the opposite effect though, because if it gets cold enough, uh, nothing grows. Everything is like atrophied in a way. Yeah, right? that's true. All right. So Joel gets home 10 PM and he's worked like a double. I don't know. He's, he's a construction worker, which I think the game tells us that. I think we see like construction equipment on the yeah, floor. I'm pretty sure we gathered that from the game. And he definitely has his thing together. So Joel's a successful guy. He has, seems like like a small business owner type of contractor see um, i think he's i think he's just a hard worker i i don't think he owns his business i think he works for with a family. house like that that dude's living in a nice cul-de-sac two-story house you see that that's a nice house in, in texas i don't know where though right? austin like, you, austin texas you, I mean, don't, you, you don't know and this is this is oh three right or, but so he, things were Things were a bit better back then. And didn't he serve in the military? Or did I? Is, am I just making that assumption? No, there was a sticker on the back of his truck that said uh, uh, Desert Storm Veteran, Combat Veteran. So, so, so I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he very well could have saved up money from his time in service. Now he's working construction. He lives in a cheaper place. It's 03. He's probably bought the house years ago when he had a wife. I, I think he, he runs the business because he talks to Tommy about... I just got this job. I barely want to sh- uh, split it with you or share it with you. Mm. Um, and then he talks when he gets home. He's like, they gave us the wrong parts. That's usually the language from people who like who are fixers of things. And you got a, like a, a supplier who gives you a wrong part. Like I know my dad fixes, fixes cars and mm-hmm. has his shop. And I remember there's times where he comes home late. He's like, I couldn't get this part all day. You know, this was, it's been back ordered. The supply chain's messed up, whatever. Um, But anyways, he gets the call at 10 p.m. Uh, It's a sweet father-daughter moment where she exchanges the watch with him, which is identical to the video game. Yeah. And they watch a cheesy action movie that Joel likes uh, until he gets a phone call from Tommy, who's in jail again. They really did a a lot of setup for Tommy because we didn't know why Joel wasn't at the house in the game. They don't tell you that. Uh, they do in this show that he is in jail. And I think it's a good bit of uh, backstory for Tommy and the cu- relationship he has with Joel, that Joel's always bailing him out in a yeah. way. Yeah, I think in the game, it was just really kind of, you know, focusing on her perspective yes. at this point, right? Yes. Where you were just kind of walking around and like, oh, no one's here. What's going on? Exactly. Also, three hours to pick up your brother from jail? <laughs> I mean, it's Texas. Everything is far away from each other yeah. in Texas. So, uh, at least my recollection of Texas is like everything's like 30 <laughs> minutes away from each other. Right. Also, I don't think that process of... Oh, remember, the infected are already loose. So, they're coming back from the city where all hell has yeah, already broken that's out. that's true. Um, they just make it back. And I got to say, it feels like a nightmare as Sarah wakes up. The house is booming. There's helicopters zooming overhead. Transformers are exploding, mm-hmm. like, outside of her home. A and demon dog just, like, a losing a Demon shit. dog. That demon dog was trying to warn her. <laughs> oh, I like, know. I know. But, I mean, look, if, if you wake up in the middle of the night at, like, 2.16 and there's a dog jumping on your window, 
call me a <laughs> call me a coward call me a coward first and foremost i'm probably not opening the door to the dog two yeah. i'm definitely I'm not taking that dog house. back into that house with the open door uh-huh. i'm not going into that house are you crazy mm. it's 2 16 in the morning and look and my dad's even, not home even if i did even if i was like all right I'll, I'll bring the dog inside if the dog ran away first sign and never mind you know forget it not worth it if i were to walk in the house which i wouldn't at that point and i see blood you start hearing not even not even that far you start hearing all of these weird bangings like i mean like it could be somebody robbing the hat like get out like what are what, you doing whose door is wide open at 2 16 in the morning <laughs> exactly like sarah i mean i know this is a horror element and we're gonna just like kind of play this to the max but there's nobody in their right mind going into that home without a weapon, at least. She's got to be, what, like 15 or 13? She looks, yeah, she looks about 15. Yeah. So, uh, nope. Hard pass for me. Hard pass. <laughs> in fact, in the in the game, they're standing by like a glass door. Um, and they're like, is that the Adlers? And I think the woman comes up through the to the glass panel, doesn't she? I think so. Yeah. It's, I, been, it's been a while, but yeah. it sounds about right. Yeah. You can speed up to 1.5 here. Oh, gosh. Can we talk about Nana? I, sure. I, there's there's this moment as Sarah realizes something's wrong with Nana. Mm-hmm. Where she's running outside and there's a split decision here, right? Joel has to decide, am I going to murder this woman in a split second? Because Tommy's... He says, what are we doing here, Joel? Uh Pretty much, are we taking the shot or are we playing this out? And he says, this is the turn for Joel where it's family, it's Sarah over everything. Like, Uh I'm killing if I have to. He runs over his neighbors. He kills Nana. uh, (laughs) And you see the first Joel moment. I have, you know, I think there's moments where you see why Pedro Pascal is casted as Joel, especially when Denise comes out of the house. She's like, Joel? He goes, Denise, get back in the house right now. You stay in there. (laughs) That is such a Joel moment that it's you can see how he just took killed the competition in this yeah were you running over the adler zach <laughs> i would i i probably would see the, the the issue is you know i feel like i would try to avoid running them over not because i don't want them to die because they're zombies and trying to kill me but because i don't want to risk breaking the car or the truck yeah i don't have to uh, yeah yeah I, I i agree and also we don't really know what it is can they be saved from that from the sickness that that's occurring there is is a whole different thing so they get in the truck and we have this moment where it completely gets to the video game mode where it gives you the iconic camera behind the two seats that's your that's the sarah pov that we have of what's going on and everything's in a mad rush we see the burning house on the left the cops zooming by it's choreographed to a t with the video game and it's it's to a perfection honestly um the frustrating part is that you're you know what's gonna happen as having played the game and so it's 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 so frustrating to know that sarah's not gonna make it in this scenario like mm-hmm. you so desperately want all three of them to make it north and just get out of there i know uh, but you know something has to has to give. And so as they're trying to make it north, they see the traffic's jammed up. They see the military's taking up the entire highway. Thank you, military. And they deviate south to um, to try to hit the outskirts of town, fill up with gas, and continue on south- southward. 
post-apocalypse good time to have a pickup truck very good time to have. probably the best time yeah agree i couldn't uh, i couldn't agree more actually um i want a big old dodge heavy duty diesel it's got to be diesel why diesel because you can fill up with oil from a restaurant if you need really yeah okay i didn't know that all right that's uh you know zach i think we need to do a segment of the show it's zach's post-apocalyptic tips <laughs> i'll tell you this after i finished watching episode one of this show i wanted to buy immediately you know those things that you can buy it's like rations that can last MREs. for and yeah. i want to i want to buy some mres man like just just in case you know people shit on them all the time i bought a few <laughs> i like them i mean it yeah, uh, to me it kind of felt nostalgic in a, in a way like it's yeah like, oh yeah you know all of these war movies that you're watching and you, yeah. know, you get to kind of like eat this thing but it wasn't that bad like it, yeah it really wasn't it it's like perfect if you're out and like camping or whatever love it okay so I was talking about the the camera angle in the car, mm-hmm. the classic POV between the two seats. This is directly from the video game. Yes. Everybody who played the game is watching this saying, yes, 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 yes. This is amazing. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the plane crash happening in the town. Do you? I think so. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I know something happened and they got separated. Yeah. I got to say, if, uh, if it was a plane. It's this it's this particular scene leading up to Sarah's death that the actress who plays her is just she's fantastic and she's really good. Yeah. Uh the time skips too in the show like the little subtle j- jump cuts that mm-hmm. we get they're awesome. Like I I was watching them all episode like when she falls asleep on his lap and then when she's in her bed and then yeah. later in the episode when Joel's like slamming back whiskey and pills and they're getting the jump cuts there. <laughs> It's fantastic. Uh, let's speed this up a bit. Something I realized as Joel's carrying uh, Sarah to safety because she's she's messed up her ankle in the crash. They got hit by one of the pieces of airplane debris. Yeah. Is I think the reason that the military guys ordered to kill her and kill him is because he mentions that she hurt her ankle, and I never kind of tied the two together. These people are probably thinking anybody who's injured is probably bitten or scratched. They know more about the virus than the civilians do. That's what I'm thinking. And that's the reason they do it. Otherwise, why shoot the walker? Why even bother being out there, right? Yeah. I feel, I mean, I feel bad for the soldier, right? Like, I'm sure that's not, it's not the first time or the last time at least he's going to hear that information. Well, he, him specifically this is the last time because he gets shot but, yeah. but just imagine all of all of the soldiers that are getting this info uh, no kill him kill him you know but did he have to there's nobody out there with him he's no. he's being he's choosing to be a nazi you know he's very much choosing in a moment where there's no superior officer or people that there's no risk of death if he lets them go here they they're just they have to go they have to go a different direction yeah, there's there's nobody here to say like, well, you didn't shoot him. There's and there's nobody who's gonna know that the, he let them go, right? That's, well, that's my point, right? Like nobody, like if he decided to not shoot them, nobody's gonna say no. There's no, literally nobody's there. It's just them. So, like anything in any sh- any movie or show that has a traumatic moment, this scene will never stop punching me in the gut emotionally. 
mm-hmm. when Sarah's dying. Um, we have to. Can Jimmy look up the actress's name or the actor's name who plays uh, um, Sarah? Yeah, uh, Sarah. Is played by Nico Parker. Nico Parker. Well, Nico. Bravo. Part of me wanted the sh- the show to deviate from the t- uh, from the game <laughs> storyline and keep you alive. So it's a shame we'll only be able to see you for this one episode. But you owned it, and I have a feeling Nico's going to be in a lot of stuff in the future. She probably already has been, and I just didn't know who she was. Fast forward twenty years. It's 2023. Why do they always have to put the post-apocalyptic year in the year we live in? Because it makes it more interesting. Or it terrifies us. Yeah. You just don't know where anything is going. Yeah. First thing we see is a young boy who oddly looks a lot like Ellie, in a way. Uh, In my opinion. Has kind of a similar look to him. I thought this was Ellie, honestly. Like, I thought, like... No, it's not. It's he's a. Did, did you realize after it wasn't? I thought maybe I just missed something and there was a time skip. But later in the episode, I realized it was like, oh, it was only a few weeks that she was even there. So there's no way you're growing from this thing into Ellie. Yeah, no, no. Also, they kill this kid because they lie to him in the chair. He's already infected. Uh, and they tell him he's going to be okay. He's walking to the QZ. And they kill him they they essentially inject him with something yeah because that's where we see joel we mm-hmm. pick up we see a gray-haired joel on body burning duty doing essentially doing whatever he needs to do to survive taking on the worst jobs for the best pay and selling hard drugs on the on the side which is funny because or humorous because as he gets the watch from sarah earlier he says how do you afford this and she goes, I sell drugs, hardcore drugs, which is exactly what he ends up doing mm-hmm. in the QZ, which I don't think is in the video game either. So it's another deviation. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't I don't really remember it. Um, yeah. Did you notice the posters they had on the walls th- throughout the uh, no the scenes here? So they had a like a diagram of time to full infection. Mm. so i i drew this out when i was watching it because i was like oh that might be interesting to to take note of so basically if you're bit anywhere on your neck face or head it takes around five to 15 minutes to become fully infected what that's quick if you're bit anywhere from your your torso arm shoulder hand it's somewhere between two and eight hours these ranges are kind of big by the way yeah yeah um if you're bit on your leg or your foot, it can take anywhere from 12 to 24 hours to become fully infected. So that's the kind of time frame that you know we're looking at here. And you pretty much, that means, I didn't catch that, but that means you pretty much have no leeway to yeah. give somebody the benefit of the doubt if they're, oh, it's a scratch. I, I swear I cut it across a, a metal thing. Mm-hmm. We only got two or eight hours. And w- I think one properly infected person could bring down the entire QZ. Yeah. You think about it. It's, it looks so fragile, like the actual balance of the place. It's, well, I mean, it looks like a third world country, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. You're, you're just burning bodies in a mass grave. Oh, uh, yeah, that is the kid. Yeah, because you... I missed that. I, I thought... I don't know why. 
yeah because you see it's different yeah you see, you, the shoes really were what i kind of picked up on there well um you can tell joel's been completely hardened by this world at this point he is he is what he needs to be he's like an innocent man going to the worst prison in the world you gotta you gotta become bad essentially to survive and uh we see what this world is it's completely it's what is that called when the military takes over um and they take over the law you know um i uh, martial law martial law it's complete yeah. martial law but even worse there's curfews there's hangings for leaving the zone during curfew <clears throat> and by the way the curfew is 6 a.m to 6 p.m that's kind of short that is short huh yeah you get a 12, 12 hours window, 12 hours to get everything you done 12 hours you gotta stay inside yeah that's that's, that's long <laughs> we see a little bit of, of joel's routine starting with his work day and then leading to his side job which is uh pretty much selling bills. contraband selling yeah. contraband to, to different people and one of these is a soldier named lee who he sells some hydro to and i'm assuming the exposition that lee drops about atlanta would will serve us later in the series mm-hmm. about uh atlanta having a, a lab over there that sells pills and bullets yeah um we are introduced to tess who is joel's kind of lover slash wife character who yeah, is so familiar who is yeah. so familiar and i can't place my finger on what she's been in but i know i've seen her in something is uh, Jim, if, if jimmy can look that up uh, about tess anna torv can can he go to the uh imdb page heavenly sword the news reader mind hunter the reader she's in the reader uh oh she's in mind hunter she plays the lawyer she plays the lawyer or not the lawyer she i think she's a lawyer or something doctor Doctor. she's a psychiatrist or psychologist whatever the difference yeah she plays that yeah 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 she has a bunch of cats that's what she's from She's in quite, she's in a few things. Not not Mind like Hunter's what I know now. her from though. That's yeah. what I that's what I know her from. She did feel really familiar when I was watching this. Yeah. I love the little background we're getting of New Joel because she's being held up by Robert, who's a I guess fellow contrabander. And uh she got gypped out of a car battery that uh she bought and then he sold it to someone else. And they beat the hell out of her. At least his men did without his permission. And he's terrified of Joel. So Joel is somebody to be reckoned with in this world of the QZ. Uh, As we find out, he's pretty much respected, at least, if not uh, admired by some of the other members in this area. Uh, The interrogation, or not interrogation, but the hostage situation is blown up literally by a firefly uh, bombing. They uh, bombed a Fedra vehicle. Fedra is, to set the stage here, there's a dynamic going on. There's a fight between Fedra, who owns the QZ zones, um, and the Fireflies, which they call a terrorist group, or are really just people trying to fight against this militaristic, uh, oppressive society that Fedra is running. And it's not so black and white either. You, you know, Fireflies really ha- Fireflies have their their ben- their positives, but they also have their negatives too. Yeah, and that's our intro to Tess as she's beaten up again by Fedra agents who don't care and just arrest her on suspicion of being a firefly. Yeah. Introduction to Ellie or the Veronica. <laughs> yeah, I was really thrown by that. I'm like Veronica. I was I truly praying that they hadn't changed her name in the show to Veronica. Yeah. And I was like, that is not gonna stick. 
That is horrible. <laughs> no, you got. I can just hear Joel yelling Ellie. I I can't hear him yelling Veronica. I was sold on Ellie the moment she opened her mouth to speak. <laughs> her voice, her energy, because Ellie's a strong little kid, you know. Uh-huh. And she's like rambunctious, like she's mischievous. She's like all these sorts of things, hot-headed but reasonable at the same time. She's like a kid who grew, like an orphan who grew up on the streets type of thing. Well, she grew up in like a military, like she was being trained from a young age, right? More backstory that we didn't know. She was a part of a a military orphanage pretty much. Well, I think we've, I I could be wrong, but I think we learned that backstory in Last of Us 2, the game. Like there was a lot of flashbacks to her younger years pre-Joel. So hmm. yeah, I don't really? Know. Did you play Last of Us Two? I did, but I'm like blanking on there, this portion was, of it. There was a lot of flashbacks um, between her and one of her friends who lived on that that base or whatever it was that she was. Before oh she yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. Are you sure that was that was pre Joel? That was pre Joel. Yeah, yeah. She had a she had a friend there, um, who she ended up coming into contact with in her you know older age by older i mean like probably early 20s at, at you know the time of last of us too um but yeah that that was all from that from a different it was not from here at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she broke she 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 ran away from that place yeah well at least being held hostage by the fireflies on suspicion of being infected she's uh being we're not really told that up front but She's being given tests to test her memory and make sure she's not showing any signs. And you can kind of just guess by the context of the situation yeah. that she's under suspicion of something. Yeah. Um, Joel, meanwhile, is dealing with a situation where he hasn't heard from his brother in days. And he trades some joints to a radio transmitter guy who uh, tells him that Tommy hasn't responded. To which Joel demands the coordinates to the tower that Tommy was last heard at. Uh giving us a bit of context into why he needs a car battery in a truck mm-hmm. in the first place. Got to get out of there. I mean, <laughs> and end, yeah. end of story. I'd want to yeah. get out of here too. It seems like hell. I don't know if I'd want to get out of there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it depends how comfortable I am in surviving in the world around me. But even you can see Joel, a guy who is, very capable of surviving doesn't want to be out of there so this world does not seem like the type of thing where you can set up a farm on the outskirts of the city and be left alone yeah seems oh. seem, seems like a place where you do want to be in a community at all times yeah there was a shot here just a moment this is right before he starts drinking and taking pills while he's mm-hmm. you know navigating the map he's pulling stuff out of the floorboards and there was like this this upward shot towards the light seeping in from the room and you can see i'm assuming at this point it was just dust around but the moment i saw it i'm like wait are those spores yes okay so we'll like, we'll get into spores a little later but i thought the same exact thing as i saw that shot because in the game, you're very paranoid about these spores, which are like these, they look like light particles or like dust particles in air yeah. uh, if light shines on them. And it's actually the the fungus infection thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to say something about the world outside of the QZ. The, okay. the guy who operates the radios mentions, Joel, outside of the QZ, there's much worse than infected. There's slavers, there's raiders. So he sets the, the scene for the enemies that Joel is going to be having to deal with in this um 
journey. world outside <sighs> to go save his brother. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, after Joel's um, binge, which I love the jump cuts and the and the scene and just the way it plays out, we see uh, Tess again, and she gives the update to Joel. And they pretty much plot on getting their money back and going on a covert operation to go quietly. You can tell Joel wanted to just go immediately to him and beat the hell out of him. Absolutely. But she calms him down and is a little bit more forward thinking. Intro to Marlene. Marlene is the leader of the Fireflies, uh, a.k.a. the terrorist organization or so labeled by the Fedra. She leads them in the Boston QZ. She has a plan that we find out about leaving the QZ with the rest of the Fireflies to get Ellie this girl out of there. So at this point, we're starting to understand that Ellie is immune to infection. Yeah. Uh, she is what seems to be some sort of one last hope mm-hmm. for these fireflies, giving them a reason. Uh, and that is what Marlene is grappling with here. She's also trying to get out of the QZ for some unknown reason that we don't know about yet. Yeah. Well, we did hear Robert um, sold the battery to somebody else. So he sold the battery once to, to Marlene, I guess. Tess, and then also sold it to Marlene. Playing with two dangerous forces for somebody who looks like a coward, right? Dude, seriously. Uh, the last thing I would do is like, if I was that terrified of both groups, screw both of them. Yeah. <laughs> that seems very foolish, considering the fact that there's nowhere to go. Yeah. I was laughing so hard at the scene where Tess is trying to get information out of this guy by trading cards. Uh-huh. Where this like poor young dude just comes up and he says, "Hey man, <laughs> if you're l- feeling lost," and Joel goes, "If you tell me to search for the life, I'm gonna break your jaw." <laughs> Such a very, great, very Joel esque, yeah. very angry old man at this point, the right yeah. age. Yeah, let's push. Let's push it forward because up till now, I couldn't remember how does how do Joel and Tess get involved in this scenario. I couldn't remember what happened. And it all came back to me as they were taking this creepy subway uh, tunnel route mm-hmm. um, to uh, not Marlene. They don't know they're going to Marlene. They're trying to go to Robert to get their money back and the car battery. Yeah. And as they get there, they realize something's gone wrong in this building because blood is coming to the floorboards. And as uh, they enter into the places, they see it's been a shootout. Robert was trying to sell the uh, already a useless car battery to another group, which they find out is Marlene because they hear her kind of grunting in pain mm-hmm. from from it. Uh, meanwhile, the way that they get wrapped up in this is Ellie comes out of the room trying to tackle <laughs> Joel with a knife. Very funny. And that's where they get wrapped in it because you can tell Marlene and Joel have a past and Tess as to working together or maybe knowing about what each other, what they do, what, what each party does. And Marlene trusts them enough to know that she can't possibly get Ellie safely to the state house that she needs to get her to. Yeah. So she trusts Joel and Tess to get this done. And which is a big, she must trust them a lot to offload a task like that to them, more than her own soldiers. Yeah, but... I don't see any of her own people here. You know, time is ticking, right? Like there, True. there's not really any other option. You're, you're shot. Uh, your friend's basically missing an ear. It was blown off. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're between a rock and a hard place for sure. Yeah. And um, that's where we get to is that she promises them a pretty nice setup with a good Firefly vehicle, which mm-hmm. Joel and Tess know is, is one that's pretty much decked out. It's old military. So they have a better chance of getting to Tommy than they would with the old beat up truck right 
Yeah. And it seems that they need a good truck because I don't think you can leave the QZ and come back. No, I I, I don't think so. I because, mean, you could sneak back in, I suppose. But wouldn't somebody by then at least have realized you were gone if you're gone for weeks? I mean, you again, you would think... Um, I mean, you've got curfew. There's a lot of, it yeah. seems like there's a lot of bookkeeping. Everybody has to work. And it's like, it's like being in a prison. Everybody yeah. has a job. You've got to do something. Yeah. So you would think that you would, people would know you're missing. Cause I go, well, I don't, you know, also they they're, dead? Are they also they're like, very much keeping the plan on the down low. So it makes yeah. you think that this is a plan they're not coming back from. Yeah. I it called does the, seem like a very long trip. I called the next section time to kill as Tess goes out for some sort of assignment, leaving Joel and Ellie to really have their first moment together mm-hmm. where Ellie pretty much breaks a smuggling code almost immediately that Joel yeah. has with his friend Bill or Frank. Mm-hmm. What was the code? It was 50s was what? 60s was what? 70s was what? And 80s it's, was? 60s is nothing in. Okay. 70s is new stock. And then the 80s is just, I guess, shit Trouble. Trouble. Yeah. Trouble. So while Joel's sleeping, uh, what is that song? Uh, I think it's like a George uh, George Michaels. Oh, is that his name? George Michaels? Do wake me up before, before you, you go. go, go. go. Yeah. I mean, eh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that means there's trouble in whatever. Some we don't know the situation with Bill or Frank yet, so we don't know what trouble means. Uh, but it is a good ominous sign for what's to come as they leave the QZ, right? Did, did that did that song actually come on? I, I think she was just messing with him. She she lied about it coming on just to, to confirm that, that she understood what the code was. Oh. Yeah, it was a joke. So it because she was when he wakes up, she's like, Yeah, there's this song that came on. Because she's wondering, well, what is the red X mean? Ah. It's a song that came on. It was like, Wake me up before you she was just she just read the lyrics. I thought it was I thought it was literal because later no. in the episode you get the no, uh, but the later pa- in the, the patch mode, yeah. later in the episode, there As, is a song that comes on the radio, and it yeah. really does sound like it's from the eighties. I, I, I couldn't place is. the song, but it was definitely an eighties song. Yeah, I looked it up. It was released in nineteen eighty six. So, uh, the patch, the I never, I'm not a big patch mode guy. I haven't listened to a lot of their music, but the song was great. Yeah. Um, all right, Tess returns with scouting info. It's time to escape after curfew. They make it outside the QZ, but they're faced with the same soldier Joel was selling drugs to. He doesn't play nice and scans them for infection, which leads to Ellie stabbing him knowing that she's going to scan Red. She stabs him in the leg and Joel's triggered by the memory of his dead daughter, who in a very similar situation was shot mm-hmm. with a soldier who was an idiot and just playing by orders rather than being a human. Mm-hmm. So he beats the soldier to effing death in a great <laughs> shot where lightning is flashing in the background and Ellie's seeing exactly who, who Joel can be in when pushed to the limit by the way Tess. when oh, Tess yeah. when Tess scans her because she suspects why she stabbed the guy in the leg I love the way Tess goes Joel uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> very panicked I don't ta- I don't think Tess scanned her so the soldier started oh. the scan and then that's when she stabbed her. so it had it was already it already scanned her she just yeah. picked it up and saw that it was red yeah so they so it was like an unintentional discovery I don't I think she was completely unaware at that point I mean with, first of all Ellie's got attitude so it wouldn't yes. surprise me that she just outright stabbed a dude and in that moment they really didn't have any time to discuss what they're going to do with Ellie right because they're already out of the zone yeah you're you're kind of <laughs> you're t- you've gone too far at this point there's no going back exactly so they've got to trust her at this point and we get this last shot 
of the apartment pretty much the last time we're ever going to see this place it's with the 80 songs playing <laughs> with the 80 song playing yeah and just the end of the episode as we see boston completely in ruins the oh. skyscraper falling into each other and we know trouble is brewing it's so for epic. season one and the end of episode it one, just it reminds me so much the, the pilot game. it's incredible oh I god it. it's so it's good just, this this building half toppled over onto another it's building. so good ah oh, i'm so excited for the next episode so good so good all right that concludes episode one of the last of us uh, let's get into some post thoughts here let's get about five to ten minutes of this right. zach initial thoughts and then let's get into some categories here i i like that a lot i, I don't know if i would put it on my like you know top list of all time best pilots but it was a really good pilot it it, it really was i I like that they stayed true to the storyline from the game and gave us a bit more than we got there. It it was very interesting to see a little bit more backstory, a little bit more character building, um, you know, early on. But it just, it really leaves me wanting more, right? Like the end here, we, we didn't, I think what we saw one zombie, re- realistically, like that up close, at least it was, mm-hmm. it was what Nana, right? I'm really excited to see a lot more, right? There was, oh, there was the one dead zombie that was in there, um, you know, kind of attached. To yeah, the in the subway so when they were going to Robert that to go intercept Robert. By the way, yeah. it, it looked yeah. just like the video game. So I, I'm excited to see what sort of horrors uh, lie in wait out there. And I'm curious to see if they're, if they're going to stick and, and stay true to every type of zombie mm-hmm. or if they're going to get more creative here and, you know, give us something a little different. So I do think they need to ground it more, you know, to earth and not do anything crazy. The game does very much stay grounded. Um, for the most part, there are some <laughs> monsters out there that uh, maybe they won't make it to the screen, but we'll see. This is a an interesting thing. I, I don't believe we're going to see the end of the game in season one. I don't I, think so. I, I think, think it, I this think will be two, two seasons. I think, I think it'll be two seasons and up in the air as to whether they'll do the second game as as a show now i disagree with you on the pilot okay the pilot in hot take maybe not a hot take it's in my pantheon of all-time great pilots with walking dead breaking bad mad men uh I can't think of any other pilots that are in my that are in my pantheon at the moment. But those... Breaking Bad and Mad Men are, are are up there for me. It's close. It's close. I I, I just don't know if I would place it there <clears throat> just yet. All right. I will say this. <laughs> I gotta watch Chernobyl, and maybe I'll start Chernobyl. That's on like, my list too. Maybe I gotta probably start Chernobyl immediately after seeing this i saw episode one of chernobyl or like 50 minutes of it and i was really enjoying it and just life happened and i just did not finish yeah uh but that is a immediate watch considering the quality of this and it just goes to show you there was a long going curse where video games being adapted to tv or film were always bad always Mm -hmm. every single video game adapted to film or tv has been horrible for the most part this one not only broke the curse I think it, it just it just shattered it like into a million pieces. 
Because when quality is involved, quality is produced. And this is the perfect, perfect example of that. Especially if the subject matter and the material itself is grade A, like Last of Us, yeah. you know? Um, I got to say it was incredible. So let's get into the categories. I can't wait to do these instant reactions every every week to these episodes. And we hope you tune in and enjoy them. Let's get into the categories and, and this Absolutely. episode. Absolutely. Let's start this off with favorite character. Favorite character. Um, it's always gonna be Joel. Just let's yeah, just let's just pencil in Joel. This is this is gonna be like the peaky blinders <clears throat> where we're always just like Tommy. I, I want to say Tommy, but I can't say Tommy. Um, yeah, Joel for me definitely. He he was he was my favorite in the game as well. Obviously, there's not many characters pick from to be completely honest, but um, yeah, I, I did like him quite a bit. Sh- Shockler, Joel and Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, right? Oh, Sarah uh, it's not too. Like it's of not course, on the cover or something. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah as well. Yeah. Um, okay, best scene. Best scene, best scene is, of course, the when everything ramps up and they're leaving. Er, yep. Pretty much everything in Sarah's day before until Sarah dies is everything in there. That was my favorite part yeah. to watch, right? Like, I, I think everything else was done well. The set design it, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any, any scene extensions or anything like that looked great. Um, well, there, there's really two moments in the game that are the most memorable. And there's going to be two moments in the show that are the most memorable. Of course. Uh, and we were not going to, we're not going to expose the second on this show until it happens. Uh, so you'll know when it happens, but we're not going to tell you yep. until it happens. Yeah. Uh, it's ingrained in my mind though. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go and uh, we're going to say, I'm also going to say that the talk show moment in this episode was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it really set the tone of why this is different. This is not just Walking Dead. This is a different, very plausible, rooted in reality type of virus, mm-hmm. right? It's, which just makes it scarier. It does make it scarier. Uh, the next item I have is uh, best line in the episode, and I think you and I are going to be aligned on like all of these things. I'm just saying, like okay. because we because we've been through the game, I think we're just going to be very aligned on these things. I don't think we're going to be aligned on this one because. My, mine is very much a, a it's a comedic moment that occurs and Daddy's it's line. yes when they're in the hallway and marlene goes i know very well what you two are capable of and ellie it's an aside to ellie who goes what are they capable of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite line in the episode it's 100%. it's mine too it's, it's the one that stands out to me that oh it is just like yeah it, it, it's the one line that stands out to me that isn't just you know kind of filling in backstory and things like that like there there, yeah. there wasn't at least i not that i caught there wasn't any other like oh that's really memorable thing right like, yeah yeah like, i agree uh, what tests and like oh i can't throw the little kid's body to the, like no well that it wasn't very memorable but it didn't jump out at me it didn't have any sort of significance and knowing ellie's personality it's just it's very funny to to kind of hear her uh, yeah. say something like that so yeah no that was actually that was actually one that i did remember What's, um, what's fun about Ellie is that really Ellie's story is seeing a kid grow up in this post-apocalyptic world yeah. and seeing her become a, a kid and a teenager in this world. All right, what's next? Well, she she's like, how old? What, nine? No, she's got to be like, Not sure, not like, sure. Maybe like 12, 13. She seems really young. Yeah. But we know this has been going on for, for 20 years at this point. So the world's been in some some state like this, you know, for what, probably like, close to 10 years before she was even born so it's very interesting to, to grow up 
in something like this. The last item that I have on here, unless you want to add something else to this, is what was the most terrifying moment of the episode? Most terrifying moment to me was probably Nana. Yeah. And the out of focus blurry. <laughs> that had some like thing. like uh possessed possessed sort yeah, of vibes. Yeah, vibes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I I would say it's less so the out of focus thing. It's it's the walking into the house. It, it's the whole part from the dog on the window to going in and seeing Nana just, you know, face down chewing on someone's neck. That was a that was a bit much for me. But that's the last item I've got on my list. Is there anything else you want to add? Is there anything else I want to add? You know, no. another fun one might be, what would you do differently? What What would I have done differently? Like as yeah. a, as a director? Oh, well, it could be that, but I was just thinking more literally, like if you were anybody in this episode, what is one thing that you would have done completely different or just not done at all? If I was Tommy, I would have jumped over the, the cop SUV and gone with my brother down the alley. Right. Yeah. The, I mean, I understand that that is just from the game, mm-hmm. but that was not such an immovable thing that you couldn't get over that damn car. And, yeah. and you know, come on. Yeah. So it's kind of like a Titanic plank moment where it's like, <laughs> find a way to the river. Like, really? We're going to choose now to split up? Like, right now? Uh-huh. with the whole damn towns put the shit and you're the one with the gun and I have my daughter who has a, an ankle she can't walk on like <laughs> it didn't yeah. seem like a very difficult uh, obstacle to be completely honest the one thing that I think I would have done differently outside of what I already said which is not going to the damn house I wouldn't have gone into the town well I don't think they really had an option on that one mm-hmm. um, The they needed gas the other thing that I would have done if I were Tommy Mm-hmm. is I would have blown Nana's head off if I saw her running like a baseball oh. player, twitching, falling over, getting back up, and just dashing after somebody. Yeah. Like, I ain't, ain't no 90-year-old running like that. Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. So, yeah, that, that's what I would have done. Pull the trigger sooner. <laughs> Pull the trigger sooner? Yeah. If I'm Denise, I get back in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on out here? Uh, Joel? Just see, your, just see your, your neighbor bludgeon this old lady to death. <laughs> and Denise, then ask, what's going on? <laughs> Denise got the like the, the least fair shake in TV history. Yeah. In TV history. She just came outside at the worst possible time with mm-hmm. not enough context. All she saw was Nana get bludgeoned by it with a wrench. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I also wouldn't have dropped the wrench, but then again, maybe the blood can infect you. Never know. Can the blood infect you of these infected? I've always wondered so that. I, I think it's it, it's not like a surface thing, at least not that I'm aware of. Because there, there's, yeah. I mean, all right, speaking of the game, at least, there's tons of blood that yes. gets on you, like at all times, right? Yes. I think it has to get into your body, like bloodstream, you know, blood to blood. But know, what are the what, but like what are the chances open, that you're like not cut? What are the chances in this world where you're surviving that you're not cut like at all times? Very rare. I feel like there's a lot of people dying from tetanus. So a loophole, maybe? Maybe. Also, maybe. Would, I, would I be immune to the virus if I'm allergic to penicillin? Why would that make you immune? Because in the beginning, the guy goes, uh, what do we get penicillin from? And the guy goes, fungi. And then the other doctor goes, uh. oh. 
you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I've only ever had allergic reactions to penicillin, which is, know. which is very common. It's a very common yeah, allergy acor- according to uh, every doctor you talk to. I don't, I don't know if that would make you, I mean, it's interesting to think about, right? Cause it means if you're having a reaction, your body's, you know, fighting and doesn't like it there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe that, maybe that is the, the reason why all of these people are alive. <laughs> they Everybody alive is people who were, who were allergic to penicillin. To penicillin? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? That would be, that would be a very interesting. You know, the, I guess the one thing that I wish this communicated a little bit more was how, the this i don't even want to say virus but how this inf- it's it's more of like an infection i guess how this infection spreads right i mean you know if you get bit right like we saw that diagram i get it but to your point if i have an open wound and just some blood happens to touch it am i gonna get infected oh we but we also do know at least at least from the game right like with with the concept of spores like there's an element there where you know, it could be transmitted. So I, I don't know. I think er- every zombie type show, because Last of Us is in the zombie category, mm-hmm. has to do a few things. One of them is explain to you what the virus is, how it spreads, and how, how can you be protected from it. Two, can, uh, what are the zombies attracted to? Are they Usually they're attracted to sound, noise, light, fire, uh, those sorts of things. Uh, what are these zombies attracted to? Can they run? Yes, we can. Yes, they can. <laughs> they turn Nana into Usain Bolt. Uh, <laughs> this is that arthritis. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're going to try to weaponize fungi to like help you know old people stay in their athletic peak <laughs> longer. Probably Tom Brady's onto something here. Yeah, something. All right, uh, let's wrap this episode. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to season one, episode one of the Last of Us TV show, our My story, story archive show. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a comment, rate us. Uh, if you want to visit a website, you can find us at soapbox.house where you'll find links out to this show and, and a few other shows that we do as well. Uh, but other than that, we are looking forward to continuing this with episode two. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like, share with your friends. We welcome you to the Story Archives family. And we can't wait till episode two. Yeah. What's our what's our little tagline going to be here? Stay safe. Don't get bit. Something like that. Uh, we'll come up with what, something. No, no, no. I got one. Go for it. When you're feeling lost, look for the light. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Have a good one, everybody. All right. Bye.